Hello and welcome back to the TTPA, Tatani Talks Perke Avos, the year where we talk a Mishnah of Perke Avos per day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say. We are here in Season 5 with the commentary of the Svarno and Rabbi Pelkovitz's notes. We are looking at Chapter 4, Paragraph 19, Parag Dalad Mishnah Yutet. Beware, there is a lot of commentary on this Mishnah, a great Mishnah. But we have to take it as we may, and we will try our best. So let's go. So let's look at Dalit Yudtet 419. Of course, we're going to take our break as well for Passover, for Pesach, and then we'll come back. God willing, finish out the season and take our summer hiatus and come back next year. God willing, be Nader with a new commentary and new thoughts. Rabbi Yanai Omer, Rabbi Yanai says, It is not in our hands. Lo Mishalas Harishayim. Not from the tranquility of the wicked, and not from the suffering of the righteous. We can't understand why bad things happen to good people. We can't understand why good things happen to bad people. It's the age-old question, why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? Even Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, please, tell me your ways, explain to me your ways. And Hashem said, I can't remember the exact wordage, but basically to that effect, I can't explain these things to you and you will live. It's not in human comprehension. It's way above our pay grade, if you will. I cannot explain it to you. It is not something you can really understand physically, but we do our best. The Svarno has a lot, a lot of commentary, so let's get through it together. Behold, the... When the Tanis says the tranquility of the wicked, he refers to the kind of tranquility that only the wicked can attain. As it is written, Vashavas Kisilim to Abdem, the tranquility of the fool shall destroy them from Proverbs. And it is written, Shalom Kol Bogde Bagad. Those who deal treacherously are tranquil from Yermiahu. Now, this kind of tranquility cannot be realized even by the perfectly righteous. Although they may re- merit two tables in this world, the world to come, as the sages said, Yaakov wanted to live in tranquility, but the Satan came to disrupt his plan through Yosef. The accuser said it's not sufficient that he should have righteous reward in the world to come, that they should seek to live at ease in this world as well. That's from Boratius Rava. Let's look at the notes at the bottom before continuing. So in this lengthy commentary, the Sfarno offers unique interpretation of Rabbi Yana's terse statement regarding the lot of the righteous and the fate of the wicked in this world, an enigma which has puzzled wise men for thousands of years. Why do the wicked prosper while righteous suffer? He first defines the term tranquility and suffering as applied by Rabbi Yana to the wicked and the righteous. The kind of tranquility he speaks of here is that which only the wicked can experience, for as he explains later in his commentary, it is denied to the righteous. Does not mean that the Sada cannot enjoy a degree of calm and surrendering his life, but is not the shalva, the tranquility of which Rabbiana speaks, for that is reserved exclusively for the wicked. Oftentimes in life, we don't have that tranquility, we don't have that feeling. It's not attainable by us. Let's look again at the Svarno commentary. However, all this seems to run contrary to the beneficial assurance of the Torah and also seemingly contradicts the te- teachings of our sages who say and ask, if the righteous shall enjoy both worlds, will they find it distasteful from Harayas? Also, the kind of suffering 
which is the lot of only the righteous, namely the the suffering Yisur and shall Ahava, suffering of love, which befell Aharon, can befall a person even though he has not sinned. As our sages of blessed memory said, Adin Yisurim Bano Olam Yifash Pesh Vematza Pesh Pesh Vlamatza Yisled Be Bitol Torah Pesh Pesh Vlamatza Enuel Eli Yisur and shall Ahava. If a man sees that suffering is Visited upon him, let him examine his conduct. If he examines and finds something objectionable, let him attribute it to the neglect of the Torah. If he finds nothing objectionable, it's probably because he neglected Torah. If he does not find this to be the cause, let him be sure that it's chastening the usurin of love. That comes from Brachos 5a. Our sages also explain that the category of suffering will befall person only if he cherishes them and they are beloved and acceptable to him, as the sages said, Is it true? Even if it's against one's will, therefore it's written, if please Hashem to crush him with the illness to see his soul, what accepted his guilt offering from Yeshaya. Just as a guilt offering must be brought willingly, so to suffering must be endured willingly from Brachos 5a. Talmud relates that both Rabbi Hanin and Rabbi Yochanan would ask those who were crushed by suffering, Chavivin Allah Yisurin, Chavivin Malach Yisurin, do you cherish your affliction? When the individual would answer, Lo hem scharam, not neither them nor the reward, they would extend a hand and stand him up and the suffering would cease. But uprighteous men, upright men, are astonished by the expression from Eov. For all this would seem to imply that God, blessed is he, desired that his pious ones suffers physical pain, even if they have not sinned. Also, this would seem to contradict, For he does not willingly afflict or give the children of men from Echa. Also contradicts the teachings of our sages who said, There's no affliction without transgression from Shabbos 55a. Besides, if this is God's will, how could a tzaddik righteous person reject his suffering? Would this not be contrary to the will of his maker? And how can it happen that this affliction would suddenly cease if he does not willingly accept it? To resolve all these difficulties, the wise man, Rabbi Yanni, says, It's not in our power to explain either the tranquility of the wicked or the suffering of the righteous. He means that in all the benevolent assurances stated in the Torah, there is no mention of the tranquility of the wicked. And we'll stop there for a second. We're going to look at the notes now as well. When it comes to things like this, we have to understand that it's not always in our control. It's not always up to us to realize what's going on. It's really Hashem. Even that tranquility is not one which the Torah fully explains. Following Adam's sin and his departure from Gan Eden, man has not been able to enjoy it fully, nor has it been existed since the great flood. Only in messianic times will the righteous once again experience this absolute tranquility. As for the suffering of the righteous, refers to Yisur, which are visited upon him because he wants and accepts him so as to purge himself and expunge his sins. Swarnos mentioned Rabbi Elezer, son of Rabbi Shimon, who refers to an episode related in the Talmud in Baba Metziah, where Rabbi Elezer was appointed as a marshal by the government and in that capacity ordered the arrest of a certain laundryman who was subsequently executed. Rabbi Elezer agonized over his involvement even though he was legally and morally justified in his action, accepted divine suffering and expiation for his sin. This is neither an example of a righteous person's acceptance of suffering which he controlled, i.e. he could bring it upon himself as atonement, but also has the power to stop it when he so chooses. The tzaddik desires their chastisements, but also controls them, which is why he can remove them if he finds them unbearable. This explains the episodes recorded in the Talmud where the righteous were given the option to accept or reject suffering. 
The main thesis of Rabbi Yana is expounded by the Sfarno is that the suffering of the tzaddik is not a punishment from the Hashem, nor is the prosperity of the wicked a reward or a gift from Hashem. On the contrary, the latter is, as King David explains in Tehillim, for the purpose of increasing and intensifying the ultimate punishment of the world to come. Therefore, the expression, it is not in our power, means that the Torah has not revealed these ideas to man, and all the theories offered are speculative on our part. Having puzzled even the prophets, the main thrust of the Sfarno's commentary is that neither the tranquility enjoyed by the wicked, nor the suffering experienced by war and punishment taught it to us by motion, the prophets, and the tradition, which is indeed a fundamental principle of our faith. Rather, they are meant to serve other purposes. Rabbi Yana states as this caveat, there's no certainty even to these explanations, for it's not in our power to fully understand the ways of the Almighty. The Sforno then explains similarly in all the maledictions stated in the Torah, no mention is stated made of the suffering of the righteous. For indeed, the tranquility of the wicked, which means that they have sustenance without pain, as was the experience of the generation of flood, where our sages say, Sheheti man, HaKadosh Baruch Alam Haba, Hashem granted them a taste of the world to come from Sanhedrin. For seven days before the rains began, was never attained by any righteous individual after Adam's sin, upon whom it was decreed, Bezosa Pecha Tocha By the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread, from Genesis. Despite all the benevolent assurances in the Torah, it was never destined the righteous be sustained without pain. Rather, it's written via Savta Deganecha, you'll gather in your grain from Deuteronomy. Devarim. From prophetic writings and teachings of our sages, it's apparent that no righteous person will ever attain this kind of tranquility until Mashiach times, as it says, Yehi pises bar ba'aretz. There'll be an abundance of grain in the land from Psalms, and our rabbis explain, Asida Eretz Yisrael shetotzi geluska os uchali melos. Eretz Yisrael is going to bring forth cake and robes of fine wool from Shabbos, meaning that Israel and Eretz Yisrael will at that time revert to the condition of Adam before the sin. Also, what the sages mean when they say, Kol mi she'avru lavar ben yom bali yisrael bala olam hazek hiblu me olamo. He who experiences no suffering for 40 days in this world has already received his reward of restful tranquility destined from the world to come from Erevin. This sage, Rabbi Yannick, tells us as the evil visited upon men. Torah does not indicate that painful suffering can come to man without prior sin. By the same token, it follows that the kind of tranquility enjoyed by the wicked is not the recompense foretold by the Torah, nor are the sufferings of the righteous the punishment ordained by the Torah. Rather, the tranquility and prosperity of the wicked is for the purpose of elevating him to the high, high roofs that has fallen to the deep pit be all the more intense and dramatic. As for sufferings of the righteous, which can be categorized as chastisements of love, these can only come to pass when the righteous person wants them to be visited upon him. This in turn may occur when the tzaddik was presented with the opportunity to perform a mitzvah, which had he performed it would have entitled him to reward, but does not make him liable for punishment when he fails to perform it, as we find by Nachum and Tanis. He did not hasten to feed the poor man before he unloaded his mule and felt deeply distressed because he had been negligent. When the righteous one is deeply pained by such an act of omission to the extent he accepts divine punishment upon himself, willingly accepts painful suffering upon himself as a penance, then is doubtless considered as though he did perform the mitzvah and he thereby finds increased favor in the eyes of Hashem. In such a case, the tzaddik can control his suffering, commanding it to be visited on, on him or to depart, as the Talmud relates regarding Rabbi Elazar, the son of Rabbi Shimon, and others as well, Bab Metziah. With this, our wise Tana Rabbi Yana also resolves the doubts and questions raised by Yirmiyahu in 12, chapter 12 and Chavakuk chapter 1, who lamented cried out against the injustice of Sadiq Varalo, Rosh of Atavlo, the righteous who experiences adversity, the wicked is prosper. Now Moshe explained this phenomenon when he said, He repays his enemies his lifetime to make him perish from Deuteronomy 7. And when he said, He should not show favor, does not accept a bribe. Also from Deuteronomy Devarim. Now our tongue resolves these doubts by saying, and be a dinner, it's not in our power to explain either tranquility of the wicked or the suffering of the righteous. Meaning, all that is in our range of knowledge regarding 
these different things regarding the designation, mission, and purpose of the Torah, be it for good or evil, which are the preparation for life and death, or reward and punishment for the righteous and the wicked, this world, the world to come. In all the teachings of Torah, there's no mention of the tranquility of the wicked or the chastenings of the love of the righteousness. Hence, we see that neither of these puzzling anomalies is to be regarded as reward or punishment from on high. The tranquility of the wicked is for the purpose of magnifying their punishment to increase their destruction, as it says, Ach bechalakos tashis os. On slippery places do you place them, you throw them down into destruction from Psalms. For when they are conscious of their fall from an exalted level of greatness, their pain will be very great. So to the sufferings of the righteous, they are not a punishment from the Almighty, blessed is he. Rather, it's Sadiq may desire them to suffer pain for having failed to perform a particular mitzvah. This chastisement will restore his soul to an improved level and credit to him the mitzvah as though he had performed it. And if we find that the prophets, Yermiel and Habakkuk, were deeply troubled and pained by the tranquility of the wicked, it was not because they were pained by the good fortune of the wicked as a distortion of justice, but because they were concerned by the damage and harm caused to the righteous by the arrogance of the wicked and the power. As it says, Bivloa Rashad Sadik Mimene, when the wicked devour the man who is more righteous than he from Habakkuk. So basically, when it comes down to it, we can't really understand deep down the 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 good happening to the wicked or the wick or bad happening to the good people. Really, everything that Hashem does is for the best. It says in the Gemara from Nachem Mishkams and Rabbi Akiva, all we could do is understand Hashem knows what He's doing. All we could do is realize Hashem does everything for the best. Hashem wants what's best for us, and Hashem wants to take care of us. So don't. Think too much about things that are over our heads, over our control. Understand that there were sages, were different people throughout history that would talk and act in such ways. But we have to try best on our level to do the mitzvahs, the chesed, the Torah learning we can every day. Hopefully good will come our way and good will come in the way of the whole world. Join us next time as we talk another Mishnah here on the TTPA. And I'm your host, Tani.